Holy God. He's the best basketball player I've ever seen in my entire life. Look at um, that dribble style. With the, I learned how to dribble from John Lennon. <laughs> and, you know, they some say that John Lennon got shot, but they forgot he also took shots yeah. on the basketball court. And that could be the cold open. That could be pretty good. <laughs> A big Beatles fan base that could be huge. That's true. I'll hashtag Beatles on the, the SoundCloud recording. Hashtag Beatles. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, welcome to the Moving Screen podcast, a movie podcast where we talk about the movie while playing basketball. My name is Richie Owens. Um, this is season two of the podcast. The first season was 10 episodes of basketball movies. Now we're doing 10 episodes of A24 movies. Who knows what the future holds? Do you? No, I famously don't, I can't interpret the future. Yeah. Uh, I can make bold assumptions, but oftentimes they're wrong. Sure, what happens um, when you make an assumption? Uh, it makes an ass out of you and umption. Yes, that's, that's true. Umption. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. We're going to play basketball, and we're going to talk about a movie. And uh, if you want to watch what you're listening to, if you're listening on a podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash moving screen and get video for $5. And it's really nice, and I edit it and stuff, and put scores in the corner, and uh, yeah, maybe some other fun stuff if I think of it, and then uh, want to put in that kind of effort, which I kind of always do. Um, but this week I'm here with my good friend and professional basketball player, Ian Erickson. Hi, Hello. Ian. Hey, Richie. Thanks for having me on. And this one is for movies. This one's for the future of cinema. What? Oh, Whoa. no. Everyone thought after Barbenheimer, everyone thought after Barbenheimer cinema was finally looking up, but nope. <laughs> it's <Not>. all Marvel. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. God, I hate to even say it, but for the DC Universe. <laughs> oh, no. James Gunn, come <laughs> get your James man. Gunn. It's your time to shine, my man. You're going to be making all, all the money, Whoop. I guess. Um, but yeah, Ian, welcome to the podcast. It's good to be here. It's good to be here. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me, Richie. Oh, of course. Um, that is, uh, no one really has done the, uh, just talk real quietly oh, from no far one, away. Is that, is that, are you being serious? Yeah, no, truly. No one's done that. No. Uh, my friend Julia Steiner, uh, 
definitely did some uh, talking into her mic when the Metro rolls by, which the Metro is a uh, big uh, part of the show, sort of my co-host slash sponsor. It's almost like a character of the podcast. Oh, that's probably just a car. What'd you say? It's almost like a character of the podcast. It is, yeah. Basically, uh, Chicago's not a character on the podcast, but Metro Rail and Amtrak Midwest are. Um, so I, I just, I'm dying to know, what what's your uh, sort of sports background? How do you feel about basketball? Richie, let me break it down for you. I joined, uh, I played one season of football in sixth grade. I joined late, and I was an offensive lineman. Uh-huh. I maybe did one good play. <laughs> I played basketball sixth grade to eighth grade. Cool. I averaged one basket a season. Um, but... I'm one shot a season. Honestly, uh, <laughs> if you're taking honestly my, my, sh- my shots into account, I probably have a pretty good scoring percentage because I wasn't really making a lot of shots. Oh, really? It was kind of like a... You're like a bad bartender. I just sort of didn't really have uh, it as a kid. Yeah. I didn't really know what I was you doing. You didn't have the dog in you. I didn't really have the dog. Um, I was sort of... If, imagine sort of a very tall very round, um, sort of a very hairless boy with beautiful <laughs> uh, sandy blonde Boy, locks. I can picture it and I like it. <laughs> and um, I was like t- very tall for my grade always because I think I ate a lot of food. Sure. And that un- unlocked kind of like a lot of uh, maybe nutritional advantages. Mm. But I, I think one, it would be safe to say that I'm sort of a late bloomer. So there would be times when in basketball, and granted, I was always on like the B, or if we had a C team, I would be firmly planted there. But um, because of my height, yeah, I would be put on some kid from another school who's like on Tough. human growth hormone <laughs> and has yeah. like a mustache or a beard. Yes. And then I'm sort of like a little, kind of like Augustus Gloop when you went after he stretched in uh, Willy Wonka. Yeah. I don't know, does he get stretched or is that another one of the kids? Um, no, Mike TV gets stretched because he gets shrunk. That's right. Uh, Augustus? Well, imagine some sort of Mike TV, Augustus Gloop hybrid child. <laughs> Whoa, and I'm getting ideas for a screenplay right yeah. now where they have a kid together. And it's called Augustus TV. You can do it the, give it the Cobra Kai treatment where <laughs> yeah. it's sort of like, where are the kids now? Mm-hmm. And uh, Charlie's the bad one. Yeah. Because Charlie is now an aged capitalist. Oh, yeah. He's because he took over yeah. the, the factory. Uh, he took over the factory and now he runs it. Really, he's like all about tax breaks. Yeah, he, and he doesn't and pay he, his fair share. Yeah, and the Oompa Loompas are trying to uh, unionize and he locks them <laughs> in the, the chocolate fountain. Or... Yeah, he somehow enslaves them more. Yeah. <laughs> You're get your double slaves. <laughs> the dreaded double slave, something no one ever wants to be. Invented by the famed chocolatier. <laughs> hey, I got a chocolatier right here. Because I'm crying over these Oompa Loompas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see it. Holy yeah. shit. That is brown. That's not good. <laughs> chocolatier would be a good euphemism for, like, if you have a just, like, a little bit of diarrhea. Yeah, yeah, it would. I, I think, I'm also thinking, uh, 
chocolate rain. Yes, I'm uh, thinking of that now too. So now that you mentioned, I'm wondering if that is certain. I mean, I think that's about crying. Chocolate rain, some stay dry while others feel the pain. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And Tazon Day, if you're listening, come, come on, on the, the show. Explain what uh, chocolate rain means. He, do you think he wrote that song? He probably did. I right? think he did. Uh, he seems like kind of a gen. I don't, I don't see him. Oh, geez Louise. I see him as sort of a genuine fella. Yeah. And he also made that song in like such early YouTube that I don't feel like. I don't feel like people were necessarily uploading like fake shit at that time. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, well, I just like. I guess Rebecca Black was a couple years after that, but I don't think she. I you think, think that she was wrote, like a song. Well, that, Rebecca Black, I think, when I was in college at that time. Yes, whereas Pays on Day, me too. I, I feel like that was high school for sure for me. Um, I think my first uh, girlfriend introduced me to it. Um, to Rebecca Black? Yeah, her name was Rebecca Black. And I said, Babe, it's Friday. Let's not watch this video. And she oh said, I gotta gosh. get in the studio. Uh, but I think that, like, Friday is, like, uh, pick this song out of a, out of a, basically I go to the mall and buy a song and we'll make a music video for this oh, song. Oh, sure, too. sure. It does seem like, they also, like, maybe it was just in Tenacious D, but I kind of feel like back in the mall heyday, you, there were, like, a photo booth, like, recording booth thing. Yes. They did have those, right? Yeah. Or at least they do on TV shows. Yeah. Very convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're gonna, uh, we're not just gonna talk about Rebecca Black's Friday. We could. I, I mean, I have a lot more to say about it. And we could say a lot more about it. It'd be funny if this said... Didn't she kind of have, like, a minor comeback recently? She's, like, Twitter famous now, or ex-famous now, <laughs> um, as they, as it's called now. Uh, she like famous. She sort of canceled. will ratio people. She ratio shit about her. Oh well, I mean to be fair, she probably didn't really know what she was doing when she made that song. No. She absolutely had no idea. Uh, and that's and here's the Amtrak Midwest. So beautiful. It's blue and silver. Do you have like a song that plays when it comes through? I don't. But if you want to make a song, I ready. Could. Yeah, this yeah. is for the Beetleheads. Yeah. Here comes the Amtrak. I don't want to talk the rest of the show and just laugh and laugh. Here comes and laugh. the Amtrak. Oh, it's a character on the podcast. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk uh we're gonna talk about a movie too. A little movie. That's what they, that's the thing of the They're calling cast. it a little movie. Um we're gonna talk about Killing of a Sacred Deer. A 2017 movie directed and written by Yorgos Lanthimos. Sorry. Yeah, I think Colin I got Farrell? a yogurt by that guy. <laughs> yogurt yeah. yogurt Lanthimos. They should put that out. I A24 really I mean they've put out a lobster uh uh, screenplay Is Lobster Yorgos too? Yeah. I never saw that one. Uh, yeah, gotta. I've seen Dogtooth. You've seen Dogtooth? Yeah. That was my, that was my first Yorgos. That was mine too, um, I think. Very blind in, in college, just sitting on my laptop, and I think I saw like... You were sitting on top of your laptop? I was sitting on top of my laptop. Uh, and I went, 
I should look at this thing for uh -huh. once in my life. There could be movies in here. <laughs> there were. On Netflix.com, which was a new website. Uh, they had dog tooth on Netflix? What? They had dog tooth on Netflix? Yeah. Uh, and I was like, I think I saw like nominated for like best foreign picture at the best, Oscars best or something. Sexual sister. Yeah, best best sexual sister movie, which Netflix sort of got rid of and Pornhub really took over. Yeah. Um, he kind of paved the way for that whole <laughs> subgenre because no yeah, one he, ever before him, no one really ever thought about having no kind of it, not at all intercoursing your sister. Those fucking Greeks, man. Uh. But if I was just like really hateful towards Greeks on this podcast. Really hateful of what? Towards Greeks on this podcast. <sighs> Can we cut? <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. Okay. I'm yeah, just I'll kidding. Cut, I'll cut that. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, real quick, is there a slur for Greek people? I think it's just Greeks. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dogtooth, I just like, I watched it on my laptop screen, screen sitting on my desk totally blind not knowing what it was going to be about and i was like this is one of the coolest movies i've ever seen uh and then i thought about it a lot like it would pop up back in my head but i just never thought to look up the director uh and he made a movie called alps after that which i uh, had seen when i was trying to be a completionist and i don't think is very good he made the elf movie <laughs> he made elf uh and then he made uh, uh, Alf, Alf, uh, and then I think I was dating Melissa when the lobster came out. Uh huh. I think I was around when I moved to Chicago. Yeah. And I think she was like, "I'm gonna go see that," and I was like, "Oh, I don't know what that is, so I'm not gonna go see it." Uh huh. And then this movie came out, Killing of a Sacred Deer, and she was like, I'm gonna go see that. It's made by the guy who made The Lobster. And I was like, well, I didn't see that, so I'm also not gonna go see this. Yeah. Um, and then I like looked it up while she was at the movie, and I was like, oh shit, this is this Dog is that guy. guy. Fuck. So I watched it not too long after it came out on like VOD, I uh -huh. think. Has uh, he done, what has he done since? Uh, the favorite. The favorite, yeah, with Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz and uh, Olivia Coleman. Was that recent? Twenty eighteen. It's okay. uh, Emma Stone goes to like a queen's house as like a servant and sort of tries to overthrow her assistant. Oh wow! Uh, Sounds pretty cool. It's it's a good movie. It's my least favorite of the ones I like uh -huh. of his. Um, there's a new movie coming out uh, this December called Poor Things, I think. Uh, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo. Okay. It looks really fucking cool. The trailer is one of those things that I like think looks so cool that I can't make myself watch it again because I will get too excited. Uh -huh. uh, and I don't want to like, try like overhype myself, but at a certain point, what can I do? Yeah, I do love, I feel like, well, I guess I'm not really watching trailers, or I don't even, I guess the only time I really see trailers is, like, b before movies. Yeah. But there was a really good stretch of time when movie trailers were, like, you had, like, Serious Man and mm. The Master, and there was, like, a stretch of, like, mid-2000s. I mean, there's always been good trailers and yeah. stuff, but, like, 
there was like especially a stretch before I feel like they just kind of I don't know they all became like used the Inception soundtrack or yeah, they all have the like the <laughs> a slow, and Everything now it's changed. all slow songs. Slow yeah, it is crazy songs. that they still use the Inception sound or some version, some version of, of the. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, it is. I mean, it's been 12 years since Inception came out. Still, still going strong. Uh, there are, I mean, people do have the take that Oppenheimer is Christopher Nolan confronting the fact that he's. Uh, maybe damaged movies uh, forever because of of uh, his successes. That is a good copy. take. I think it is a good take too. And Oppenheimer is a good movie. And I think Oppenheimer is a good movie too. Um, and I think uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer is uh, is a good movie too. And I want I'm excited to talk about. You want to get you want to get into it? Yeah. Um, no, we had sort of a funny thing in our texting for choosing this movie yes where my my big fat thumbs on my phone screen uh said uh, killing of a uh, scared dirt <laughs> which is uh i think something that we should write uh i think i could just uh well it almost sounds like joe dirt yeah and i think that it could be scared dirt is like ernest his, scared straight i was gonna say it's like his kid ernest's uh, kid or joe dirt's kid Joe Dirt's kid, maybe with Scared Ernest. Dirt. <laughs> Ernest would be. They should like. They, they raise are. A, I wish Ernest wasn't dead. Yeah, that would be great if he was more alive than. Yeah, because we dead. could get him in the movie. Yeah, I do have. After we talked briefly on o Oppenheimer. Yeah. And now we're kind of getting into some of these great characters of film. <laughs> I sort of after watching Oppenheimer, Open, Joe Dirt, and well, no, I think Ernest. that I, after Oppenheimer, I've, I've started compiling a, a small list. Of characters that I think would make that could be and should be in every movie that would just make them that much better. Yeah. And Oppenheimer, the character, every movie should have Albert Einstein. <laughs> I I could agree. Where with that. he is just sort of like walking around, and at some point the main character like runs a plan by him, and he's just like, this this is very good or something <laughs> like that. Um, and the and then and at some point uh, the major the climax of every film should be. Uh, that whatever the main characters are doing, uh, at some point they come into conflict with Colonel Tom Parker's uh, trying to put on a Christmas special. Uh, I think Tom Parker should be the villain or be some sort of... Uh, Which one's Tom Parker? From Elvis. Oh, Tom Hanks sure, is sure, Tom, sure. Tom Parker. Yes. I think every movie should be about him trying to make whatever the characters in the movie, trying to yeah. make them do a Christmas special. Now, let me, let me just throw something out your way, Ernest saves Tom Parker's Christmas. Special. Yeah, he would, he would, Ernest would be saving something. I'm there trying is to an Ernest basketball movie. There uh, is? Yeah. I didn't know about it until I'd already planned the first season. So people who thought that this was just going to be basketball movies. You could do season three, it's all Ernest. That's true. The I importance can't. of watching Ernest. <laughs> I think that that's a podcast in its own. Yeah, that could be uh, a different thing. Paula Skaggs and uh, Josh, whose last name is escaping me right now, who do the No Wrong Answers card game together. They had a podcast called Being Ernest. And it was about Ernest? It was just about being, no, it was literally about being an Ernest person. Oh. Uh, well, you could do kind of a spin-off of that of just... 
you kind of like how would Ernest, what WW Ernest do? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm totally down for this. Because uh, also you could get, um, you could get, like, you could still do the GoPro thing with it and you just get Ernest costumes, like the vests and have them wear jeans. Uh -huh. And you're either playing basketball or you're going yeah. to... You're riding the bus or something, <laughs> but you and Whatever the co-hosts are just Go to earnest. Camp. Yeah, and it's just like, how would you, how, how do you earn it? Yeah. Now, this is interesting. Maybe, I, I, have, I haven't said this out loud yet, but I, I'm sort of in my head, I'm like, this podcast will stop at 100 episodes. Yeah. Uh, and maybe it's... Sort of an honor to the great Wilt Chamberlain. Yes. Yes. That is, that's what I was thinking. Um... And, uh, I just, I just think, uh, maybe, maybe the importance of watching Ernest is, uh, is, uh, and I think you is the thing do, that follows up. And I think you gotta do the GoPro with that. Yeah, absolutely. If I own these GoPros, you know I gotta use them <laughs> at least once a week. So, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna play a one-on-one -on -one basketball game. To what, 21, 11? To 10. 10? Okay. Uh, it's, uh, you know, threes are twos, twos are ones. It's such a crazy thing that threes are twos. It's a crazy thing that threes are twos, so that's just how we got it. I mean, we could play to 20. <laughs> I mean, threes are threes and, and twos are twos. <laughs> twos, are twos. Uh, and half-court we'll shots are... Uh, Let's just do a street rules. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is crazy, but it's we just got to do it. At this point, it's what people come to expect. You start to throw a wrench into what people are expecting from a podcast, and all of a sudden, they're they're not listening. You know, I'm I'm known for subverting the format, but yeah, not like this. Yeah, I mean, I'm already subverting the format of podcasting by doing this. You know, um, I'm sort of a you say provocateur. I'd say that. I'd say that. Uh, trying to push buttons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like uh, record. Yeah, push the record buttons. Uh, and yeah, I just I can't do that again. I can't do it. I can't doubly. No, no, no. So we're gonna play the ten. Okay. Twos and ones. Are we gonna shoot to see uh, who goes first, or we're just gonna go? Uh, you're just gonna start because it's my show. Okay. Um, and it's make it take it. Okay. And, uh, and we're talking about the movie the whole time. And we're talking about the movie. Anything else? Uh, yeah, just have fun out there. Okay. Uh, uh, take take the ball out. Uh, to the three? Yeah. Okay. I, I actually say to the line, just past the three. This line. Okay. That works but for me. It's also, you know. What's your record? Out. What's my record? Yeah. I think I'm truly, like, five and five, if not... Six and five. Okay. Maybe seven and five. All right. It's pretty even. Sure. Well. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll we'll see what we'll happens check it here. Up. Yeah, we're gonna check and uh, and we'll talk about the movie. What are some of the themes? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say the main theme is family. Uh, uh, the movie starts with a real open heart surgery. Uh, that was real. Yeah. I wonder how, yeah, we were wondering about that, and he filmed it, what's the, I wonder what sort of, like, clearance you have to get to, yeah, I, can I get my dusty old camera in here? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure that they were just, like, 
I'm sure there were a bunch of forms signed. Colin Farrell was in the room for it. Uh, which feels like a whole other level. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that's kind of funny. But, right? Right? Oh. Right after uh, the heart surgery, him and a doctor, or him and an anesthesiologist, his like best buddy, are talking about their watches uh -huh. and very normal, a normal sort of. Uh, this is where they set the tone that everyone's going to be talking monotonously. Uh huh. Uh, and what do you think about that? What do I think about the watches? About the just like the tone of voice. And, yeah, it was very, um, it was very plain speak, nice shot. One to nothing. Very plain speak, um, the, I guess, yeah, the contrast of like this very raw, like visceral beating heart that's like very stark to open yeah. on and then just two kind of old guys being like, yeah, so I got this really expensive watch. <laughs> oh, do you, you like the metal band? Well, and, I prefer and the leather. how deep does it go into water? Yeah, uh, exactly. Like the, the stats of watches. Uh, like truly the most like mundane conversation a person can have. Right. Uh, that's made very funny by the preceding heart surgery. Right. Uh, it's this very intense, very like organic and I, I was eating like a uh, kind of a messy salad at the time <laughs> and I don't really get too grossed out by stuff, but I was like, oh, I want to finish this salad really quick so that I... <laughs> That was one of those things where like, I was watching it and I, I think I had like a smile on my face and then the smile maybe faded away uh, because I was like, wow, this looks really kind of uh, disgusting. Yeah. Uh, it, it just looks like a, it looks like a, a fish kind of. Yeah, it, it was kind and, of a- And then I was like, wait, that's inside of me and that exactly that is happening right now. Wait, it was a human heart? Yes. Yeah, it doesn't really look like what you're also thinking a heart. It's like white yeah. and like, seems like it probably has some sort of like membrane around yeah, it. Yeah, there's like a little uh, thing that sort of bounces in and out. Yeah. Uh, that seems like a gill, almost. Um, and yeah, it, it just sort of like made me be like, oh shit, that's in my, that's inside of me and everybody I've ever loved. Um, yeah, right. and that's the organ that makes love. Yeah. No, I mean not making love, but it's the it's the it's the love muscle. It is. Uh, and people might think. Oh, sorry. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see that one. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> just bounce it. Tried to go over my head, but it just sort of. I almost just fucking got right. If by. I got you in the head, I would feel very bad. No, yeah, I I, I felt it touch my hair, which is kind of cool. Not your precious hair. <laughs> Not my sweet, beautiful hair. <laughs> I'm bald after this. Skid marks on the basketball. You have indented bumps. <laughs> it never goes back. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this is uh, Colin Farrell's uh, heart surgeon, cardiologist. Lo the lobster was before this, right? Yes. Because this is, what would you consider, you know, I feel like since the McConaissance, you have a lot of actors go from sort of like leading men to interesting character actors that yeah. they just get more opportunities to kind of show their chops. Yeah. And, and, and is Lobster the first one that Farrell has that sort of is like kind of his comeback? Because he's definitely... Uh, I mean, he's still a handsome guy and all yeah. that, but like, 
he's in these sort of weirder roles that aren't just like him being kind of a I I guess there's uh woo, for two two to one uh there's uh I mean, in Bruges is like oh sure pretty weird and kind of early it's like 2004 uh-huh um uh oh. And yeah, I don't know. Like, but he never really did like romantic comedies or anything. He just didn't do anything all that serious. Yeah. Or... He also had a sex tape come out, and I don't know if that affected people casting him and stuff. I don't. I feel like I heard about that after the fact and didn't really know. I'm not. I'm sure it definitely changed some people's perspe perceptions. Um. But. Uh... I mean, uh, rest in peace, Pee-wee. Yeah. Hey, that sort of him jacking off in a porno theater followed him for his whole life. Yeah. Uh, he kind of jacked off in a porno theater so that uh, <laughs> Colin Farrell could, could run. Fuck in a <laughs> bedroom. Fuck in a sex tape. <laughs> um, oh! And, uh, they, yeah, I don't know. But Colin is definitely, is definitely like a, now an actor that I'm like extremely interested in. Yeah. Did you see the Banshees of Inishirin? I did. I loved it. Me too. I thought it was really great. I was really grateful I watched it at home and not in a theater because I could have subtitles on. Yeah. And I could also sob. <laughs> <laughs> Can't sob in a theater. <laughs> oh! Twos. Twos. Yeah, it Double was also deuces. fun because like, I guess I haven't seen a ton of stuff that he's in, but it is fun to see in, in, in his role in Banshees of him just sort of like, a doddering poor idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's just like, oh, he does this actually pretty well. Like, he, I mean, he's very empathetic. And, yeah. Have you seen In Bruges? No, I haven't. It's, uh, I mean, same director, him and Brendan Gleeson as well. Uh, oh! <laughs> I, I don't know what it is that I make shots like that a lot more than I make like any other kind of shot. Wow. Uh, um, do you feel like three one? Three two. Yeah, are, do you, do you think Imbruge is better than Banshees? Uh, no, Banshees I think is better, okay. but I think Imbruge's is really fun. I have a friend who I talk movies with a little bit. What's his name? Pat. Hi, Pat. Um, do I know Pat? Uh, no, he's a good friend of mine from back home. But his, I feel like his, uh, god damn. He has, he's, he's very Four, critical in two. a way. I feel like I'm like, when it comes to movies, I, I, with just like the slop that they put out, I kind of, maybe we've talked about this, but I'm very forgiving if they try something that's a little bit different. Yeah. Or like, even if it's not great, like in spite of, you know, them trying, I'm like a little more forgiving, especially if they have like cool shots or interesting right. stuff to look at. God Ooh. damn, buh. I don't know, I don't Five, two. Um, but he said he really liked In Bruges, but he did not like Banshees because he felt like it wasn't different enough, or I, I'm, not, I haven't, I, I'm trying to remember what he said, but he felt like in comparison to In Bruges, which is something he really liked, yeah. he didn't really care for Banshees because he felt like it was either like too similar or uh, just not an interesting enough mm -hmm. variation from In Bruges where it was sort of a letdown. I don't think, I don't think they're really all that similar at all. Yeah. Uh, besides the same actor, same director, same writer. Um, oh, nice. Five three. Uh, 
I think I think banshees is closer to like killing of a sacred deer that's like more quiet and has like a pace uh, and in Bruges is more like an action movie uh, but with like goofy pace uh-huh. uh, what do you think of Seven Psychos? Did not see. Okay. That's a, that's also Martin McDonough, right? I think so. That's the one I'm in. Oh, no, I'm not, I also have not seen Three Billboards. Oh, sure. Because uh, at the time, people were saying it was racist to see that movie. And I was like, I don't want to be racist. I mean, the fact that you can get canceled for seeing a movie know. these days. And we're doing Sound of Freedom next week, which is oh, not an gosh. 824 Well, movie, I mean, but... you know, you got to be fair. Yeah. You can't have an agenda with a podcast. That's true. And I don't know who's going to be on the show, I'm just going to go to Laugh Factory and pick the funniest person tonight. Well, uh, you're going to have your fair chair of picks there. Um, but back to the movie that we watched. Yes. It goes It goes right from hospital to him at the diner with Barry Keegan, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, then, and then uh, what do they say at the diner? Um, I don't remember. Oh, the... He's like, I'm not hungry. I'm, oh, I'm just gonna have apple pie. Like it's also very boring. I don't yeah. know if they really say anything. Well, because then they go to the the shot where they're talking at the bridge with these yes. like big wide shots that were very beautiful. Beautiful. Truly, Cincinnati looks so beautiful. Is this in Cincinnati? Cincinnati. There's a city I I keep hearing about. Yeah, I'm actually going. I think I'll be going there in September to. Or no, we went to. Me and Kari went to Cleveland mm. for an international cat festival cool. or it was like a cat show um but i've been to cincinnati once so i have some comic friends out there who yeah i think i just went once to do a few shows and it was very good and i, I think when we go we're gonna try to go back to the cat festival and maybe hit cincinnati on the way to i think that sounds like a great plan yeah uh visit all this all the spots where they see <laughs> where they uh shop this movie go yeah. look at the bridge um, oh yeah, because you know, I actually I think I ran across that bridge. Really? I was a little more in shape Being when chased. I visited, oh. and uh, yeah, it was really cool. I ran on my run. I went I went by the Cincinnati Reds Stadium, and then I think oh. I went by the Bengals Stadium. Cool. And part of it was going across the bridge, across the river into Kentucky. Oh. Yeah. Very cool. But um, yeah, yeah, very um, good shots there. And then they start talking about the watches. Barry and uh, he he gets him. A, he's like, oh, I got you a gift. Um, oh! <laughs> um, well, yeah, because part of the conversation was, I'm going to get a new one. Yeah, I'm going to get a new watch. And yeah, the anesthesiologist is like, my friend owns the shop. I can get you a deal on it. Uh-huh. So then he gives, he gets the watch and gives it to Barry. He Keegan. gives the watch and gives it to Barry. And also, uh, you don't have to check it, I don't think. I don't um, <laughs> But uh, he also sort of lies about how good it is. Because he was saying, his friend was saying that... Uh, his friend's watch goes to 200 Six, meters, three. and he's, his friend prefers the leather band, and he's like, yeah. I prefer the metal band. My watch only goes to 100 meters, but uh-huh. I'm thinking of getting a new one. And so we're led to believe that he gives this watch to Barry, and he's maybe I, lying about how nice it is. I think, see, I think he gets the watch from his friend and gives that watch to Barry because he doesn't want to pay full price but wants to give him a gift. My interpretation was he gets a deal on a because his okay so they're talking about the watches. Yeah. Colin Farrell has a watch that is empirically worse. <laughs> it has a metal band, which I don't know if that means that it's worse or not. But he's his watch has a metal band and it has a, a depth water depth of a hundred. Yeah. And then his friend's like, I have a leather band which I prefer, and mine goes to two hundred. Yeah. And then we cut to after some you know bullshit scenes that you can skip. 
uh, <laughs> uh, he cuts to um, him giving the watch to Barry Kogan, this kind of disturbed uh, teen child, and is like, here's this watch, it has a metal band, and it has, it, it can go to 200 or whatever. Uh -huh. And my interpretation with, I, in the moment I thought this, and I think it lines up more with sort of the theme of, uh, kind of the problem of the of the movie or like the the, the conflict. Yeah. Um, that he's very kind of prideful, and he I, I think he kind of thinks that what he's doing for Barry Kogan is like, I'm a really good person for doing this. Yeah. And so in 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 giving him this watch, he's sort of like, oh, I'm very good to give you this watch. Yes. Um, but it, him lying about the stuff, I, I think I he would keep the new watch for himself. That's just my interpretation see, of it. Well, later on in the in the movie. Barry shows up at the hospital, which Colin's like, hey, don't come to the hospital, because uh, he has, uh, they sort of keep it secret what, uh, why these two people are friends, why this old cardiologist and this strange uh, teenager are buddies, um, and, uh, god damn it. And he goes to the hospital to visit him, and the anesthesiologist is there. Very cool. Uh -huh. Very cool shot. Patreon.com. Um, and he Barry says, like, looks at the guy, and says, like, oh, we have the same watch. Right. So, I think Colin gets the watch that that guy has and gives that guy a watch, gives the new watch to Barry. But he uses his friend to get the deal. Interesting. I think you're not. That's a good piece of evidence to support your claim. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess I didn't think of it that way. But I also think that but with it could the kid, be the other. but the kid being, you know, maybe coming from a poorer family or a poorer background. Yeah. Not just noticing that he has a watch with a leather band or whatever. Right. Um, God damn! Ooh. I'm not even playing defense. <laughs> What's the score now? Seven uh, three. Seven to. Three? No, three, yeah, three. Four. Four? Okay. Well, I'll take it. Yeah. Let's make things interesting. Give me that point. <laughs> um, yeah, and so, who's the actor who plays the bald friend who he gets a handjob? I, <laughs> uh, that is a perfect description of him. I don't know his name, but he's in The Leftovers, uh, which is what I remember him from. Uh, I can't remember what else he is. What else he was in? Uh, good actor, though. Yeah, he was really good. I, I, there definitely was. So I, I guess we're jumping around a little bit, or I am. Yeah. But like, there definitely was some tension with him and, and Nicole Kidman, who plays Colin Farrell's wife. I'm gonna check this up to you. Um, they seem to have a little bit of history, because mm. that hand job didn't really come out of nowhere. Yeah, it seemed. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's at the diner and is like, "I'll give you what you said you wanted on Saturday." Yeah, when they were at the cookout yeah. or whatever, which implies that he was just like walked up there and probably said, "I would like a hand job," and yeah. she was like, "No, one hand job, please." Oh, I'm not that hungry. That's kind of how they just talk in this movie. Yeah, it's very flat. Um, uh. Well, it's not flat in like a, a Wes Anderson way, but it's like very muted, I would yes. say. I really, I really like that style. Yeah. Because that's how it is in Lobster. It's not so much like that in 
favorite. And that kind of bummed me out, actually. Yeah, well, I also, with the Nicole Kidman, um, I was getting some kind of like eyes wide shut vibes at the yeah. beginning of her being sort of like a similarly, uh, like a similarly, um, you know, bored or unsatisfied, like kind of housewife. She has a career though, right? Yeah, she's a optometrist, I think, yeah. or some sort of eye doctor. Um, because later in the movie, uh, the son is uh, sick, uh -huh. and they're like, I think it's a psychological thing, and Colin's like, uh, she says that, and Colin's like, hey, if I want, like, in a, if I want to get a pair of eyeglasses, I'll go to you, but I, I don't trust your medical opinion. Yeah, in a very mean way. Yeah, it's a little mean, um, but he's, you know. I mean, he's, he's, he a lot of weird stuff is happening. Yeah, because we're kind of dancing around, because the movie kind of is, it's tense, but not a lot happens in terms of, like, what do we know about this relationship? Yes. Why is he hanging out with the boy? And then it's sort of slowly revealed, you know, Colin Farrell's a heart surgeon, uh, 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 Nicole Kidman, optometrist. They have two very nice-seeming kids, mm -hmm. and Colin Farrell seems to have... Uh, a nice level of involvement with his kids. He yeah. sort of teaches, or he's like sitting in on his daughter singing, and his son ha has long, beautiful long hair. Yeah. Um, he, Colin wants him to cut, and yeah. he, his mom's like, I like his hair, and he right. doesn't cut his hair. That's the kid from the poster of mid 90s, if you want to picture it. Um, um, okay, I haven't seen that one. I, 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 after reading those Jonah Hill text messages, uh, seven, six. Uh, the reading those Jonah Hill text messages, I'm dying to see what else that guy can write. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I did watch it and I thought I don't remember anything from it, but I remember it feeling sort of like Mind the Gap. Did you watch that doc? No, I didn't. Well, that was a skateboarding one about yeah. the Illinois skateboarders, right? Yeah, Rockford, Illinois. Um, really great. I just rewatched it this week. Um, oh, and, uh, It's like a sim similar sort of like, this is what it's like growing up around sort of punk kids who have like Who's, only one form of escape. Yeah. Uh, and how generational trauma affects them. Right. Uh, and yeah, I think, I mean, that is an 824 movie, I guess. Fuck. Uh, I guess it could be talked about. Um, but they have a nice little family life in this movie. Uh, just very, very factual. What, oh, at the, there's like a banquet and, uh, the anesthesiologist is like, how, how are the kids? And he's like, oh, it's great. Karen just started menstruating. Oh yeah. They're very, they're saying stuff like that. That sh sounds like it maybe should be private. <laughs> very matter of factly. Right. But it's like, I guess I'm not a parent, so I don't know if that's like something that's cool to share, but I probably would err on the side of, I'm not, not going to talk about my uh, daughter's, like, developing right. body. And that sort of, it was just, like, that line happening, I think, is, like, very funny, uh, because it's, like, what, who are these people? Um, and, uh, then later on, Barry Keegan comes over for dinner, uh -huh. and there, he's talking to... Karen and she's like I just started menstruating uh, 
I think that's like, I was like, oh, okay, this is just how the family talks. Yeah, these are these types of people. They're just matter of fact and honest to a point. But Colin is not very honest, as we find out. Which, which is why I think that sort of plays into the watch thing. Yeah. Um, See, I think the, the thing that plays into the watch thing is that he uses his friend to get a discount on a watch. Well, I think that, yeah, I think he also just probably is like, I'm using my friend to get a discount so I can get this watch. I'm going to give the old one to this mm -hmm. guy and say it's 200 meters. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. when is this kid going to go 200 meters underwater? And he doesn't, as far as we know. Not as far as we know. Um, um, I was also going to say uh, the Karens on her period uh, man the battle stations. <laughs> God, can you imagine something worse? <laughs> <laughs> Two Karens on their period. <laughs> yeah, that's what's <laughs> that. That'll, that should be a joke. Uh, both of us tell on stage at the same show. Uh, yeah. What's worse than one Karen on your period? Uh, I don't know. How high can you count? <laughs> Infinity Karens on their periods. Um, but. Yeah, we, we see their beautiful home life. Uh, oh, also, there's a lot of, sh like, long tracking shots of yeah. Colin Farrell walking through, like, the hospital hallways. Mm -hmm. And it's very, the, all the white, the, the white floors and halls, it looks very sterile. And he's just kind of, yeah. like, walking by himself through these hallways. And I can't remember if they do shots like that at home. But it's just, like, they very... They do a little bit, yeah. It's very eerie. It's very kind of, like, isolating. Mm -hmm. um, I, I watched, like, a little interview with Yorgos and, and Colin Farrell. Um, and they talk about riding the Metro and how it's just the best way to get around. Oh. Uh, Colin goes, did you know that you can bring a, your own beer on the Metro? And Yorgos goes, no way. And then they cheers and they get drunk, uh, going from Juliet to Tinley Park. <laughs> um, uh, but they were talking about, Yorgos was talking about, which is what I was feeling, um, there's just sort of like the camera itself is like an entity uh, following around. Yeah, it's it's like its own. Because there's of definitely character. shots where it's like they're, it's not particularly close or like like the, especially the shots of like the bridge. Um, they're having this conversation about like Kogan and and Pharaoh having this conversation, and and the camera's really far away, and you just yeah. see this really big wide shot. So it's yeah. like very kind of makes them feel insignificant, or it, it's just a lot of. Uh, kind of mood setting with yes. these shots. I also something I found interesting is that the shots sometimes they'll they'll come back. They'll be they'll be sort of like this, uh -huh. like following the character, or and the character's walking towards, and the sh the camera will curve first. Uh -huh. Just like a train going down the track. Uh, Amtrak. Here comes the Amtrak. Here comes the Amtrak. Oh, it's a character on the podcast. Uh, yes. uh, it's the best way to go on a curve. Just like Cameron's in this movie. Amtrak. Um. No! Oh! Uh. Yeah, I noticed the camera will turn before the character does. Like, the camera is like, I know where you're going. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think that that's really... Well, because the, a big part of the movie is fate, because we haven't really mm -hmm. gotten to... Is there anything else about, like, before... Because it, it gets really stark about, like, kind of, like, not even the twist, but, like... 
You sort of hear, oh, nice, nice job, nice job. <laughs> you sort of hear, like, you you hear at the, the dinner that it's been three years since Colin Farrell's had a drink. Yes. And then you get sort of some inklings about uh, uh, Barry keeps wanting Colin to come over to dinner yeah. and talk to his mom, and the dad isn't there. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of slowly revealed that Barry wants him and his dad to fucking. It's really funny hearing. Barry like convince him because there's a scene later where he's talking to uh, uh, like Nicole, uh, Kidman. Nicole Kidman yeah. and being like, my mom's actually really fit, like, <laughs> like she's really attractive and like, mm -hmm. I think she'd be a good match for your husband. <laughs> and he said that so bluntly and matter of factly, like they aren't married or he has no, I, like, there's no uh, pretense that the fact that they're married would be a problem at all. Yes. Um, yeah, it's like, it's very, it's very, very funny. Um, but we do find out that uh, Colin hangs out with Barry uh, because he, uh, his, Barry's dad died while Colin was giving him a heart surgery operation. Yeah. Um, and Colin, Nicole Kidman is like, is it your fault? And he's like, no, uh, uh, a surgeon never killed a patient, and an anesthesiologist kills a patient. Um, and she's like, were you drinking? And he was like, a little bit. He's like, I had like two beers. Yeah. But that doesn't even count. Um, just like me before a show at the I.O. Theater. I.O. Um, and... <laughs> uh... Uh, and then you get this uh, that reversal of the line from the anesthesiologist yes. who's a friend is like, anesthesiologists don't kill people, it's heart surgeons. I am curious to look that up. I didn't research if no, I didn't which either. one is uh, more likely to kill somebody. Uh, Should have. I would assume heart surgery. I mean, I guess yeah, a lot I of things could go too, wrong. It's a more interesting fact that the anesthesiologists. And it also, it's just like, I, I mean, it, it's who's to say if that answer would change the, I mean it, it definitely just plays into Colin Farrell like having this hubris of like I'm actually this very good guy and like yeah. I because, even though I may have been involved with the death of this kid's dad mm -hmm. like I'm hanging out with him I'm giving him this watch yeah and I'm actually a very good guy yeah and I, I think like up to a point he kind of is even if he is being self-serving oh. about it um like He's doing it to make himself feel better, not necessarily to make Barry feel better. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think... God. Uh, what is it? Is it 7-6? I think so. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Because, yeah, because then it gets to the point where... Um, what, what, what is the lead-up? Like, Barry starts kind of being a little more intrusive and sort of being more needy well, they, and, and they go to dinner at his house yeah he, he invites barry to dinner at his what's house. the movie they watch meatballs uh well barry, that's when barry invites him to his house yeah that's right um which that movie they watch groundhog day groundhog day um and uh but yeah before that he goes to dinner at with colin's family and i kind of think that this is where barry keegan is like Oh, you have, like, a beautiful family life, and, like, I don't have that because my father died and you took that from me. Um, 
like he doesn't say that or anything but i feel like that's sort of like that's a switching moment yeah because that's also the moment no i guess the moment is after the the dinner with his mom alicia silverstone uh-huh um and Yeah, because he, he gets invited over to dinner, yeah. and uh, like there's a, also a couple moments where he, like, lies about his relations. Like, oh, this is a kid from my daughter's grade. Yeah. And so he's kind of, like, protective of the reason why he's hanging out with this kid, if anyone asked. Um, and then he brings him over to his family. It's a nice dinner. Mm-hmm. And then Barry's like, oh, this is so nice. You should you should come over. I told yeah. my mom you're going to come over. He also, like, hangs out with the kids in the, the bedroom. Oh, and yeah. And the girl is, like, obviously smitten with him. Uh-huh. Because he gives him gifts, he gives her a, a keychain with a musical note on it because oh, she that's... sings, and he gives him a, a keychain with like a smiley face on it or something. Yeah, like which that. she obviously loves. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they have the conversation where they're like, he, he uh, the boy Bob is like, how much uh, do you have hair under your armpits? And he's like, yeah, and he shows him, and he's like, my dad's like three times as much. Hair. Yeah, you're not hairier than my dad. Which is kind of like a i think like a true thing a kid might say yeah i feel like uh, and also, also very goofy. and also when barry asks to smoke and the kid's like you better not or something <laughs> yeah. like that i also feel like that's kind of like a very little kid thing of like so have like hair, like i i don't i don't smoke but like being a little kid and having something like that ingrained into you where it's like you don't really think about like smoking and like sure it's bad but it's like to have a strong opinion about other people smoking <laughs> right. is like this is just like you regurgitating, like you being told not to smoke or something. There is one time I was driving with my dad and we saw some guy like on the street smoking a cigarette. And my dad went, doesn't he look cool, Rich? Like sarcastically. <laughs> uh-huh. And I didn't catch the sarcasm. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, he does. Smoking does look cool, man. Thank you for opening oh. my eyes to that. Uh, because it objectively does look cool. It does. Um, it really does. Yeah, does that... Bob leaves the room, is that when she... No, she gets... She takes off her clothes later. She takes off her clothes strange, later, but... She's but, like 16 when they film this. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, oh, also, what's, with, what's the deal with Colin Farrell um, when he initiates sex with Nicole Kidman and, like, mm. she, like, lays... Yeah, she like, says, a, like, general anesthesia... She uh, says that? Yeah, she says that, and that, and she, like, sort of lays as if she's under a uh, patient under, so, like, that's... So his, his sexual thing is he, it's, like, surgery for him or yeah, whatever? Yeah, or, like, uh, having sex with an unconscious body, but... What do you make of that? Just, is that also playing into the hubris of, like, I'm so great, like, and you, everyone else has, like, unconscious bodies to me? <laughs> I think it's, like, um... I'm gonna check it to you again, just for the sake of getting some yeah, ball bounce. I think it's, uh... That's a good question. I, I feel like it's mostly just like I there's not like a separation between work and life for me very much. Oh sure. Uh, and this is how I do it. <laughs> I wish I had a wire, uh, another camera. <laughs> yeah, seven. You worked for that. Seven seven. <laughs> you just need one more. We hit the jackpot. All right. Uh. Oh. Um. 
Yeah, I, I also think it's just like I I like procedure. I like doing things a certain way. Uh, Maybe he's like I act, I perform better when. Uh, woo! Nine, nine seven. Nine seven. Uh, game point. Um, we haven't even gotten to the crux. Of, we're just talking about all these little <laughs> things about it without even getting to like the main turn. But right. Well, it, like the movie doesn't get to the main turn until I think 40 minutes in. It, it really doesn't get to the main turn until the climax. <laughs> like a little bit. Yeah. Uh, um, one of the, the one of the funniest lines to me is after the dinner with Barry. Uh, Nicole says, uh, "What a charming kid." <laughs> When he's just like not only monotonous like everybody else, but like objectively the most creepy. Yeah, very disturbing and like even if it wasn't in this stilted conversation, it would be very off-putting. Yes. Just let me do. I mean, let me do this one. Ready? Let it. Let me do it. Let me do it. Oh, that's a rich I'll ball. Let you, I'll let you. I'll let you keep it. <laughs> Oh no! I'm stuck! Uh, yeah, that was a shot for the Metro people. Who, uh... We, we said something a second ago and I was like, oh, the, like the Metro's on track. Uh-huh. Like, but now we're off track. Yeah, we're off track. Um... Should we get to the twist, the crux? Yeah, well, the... I guess, is there any more table setting for, like... What they, what, like, cause he keeps getting creepier and more, he's like bothering him and like kind of not blackmailing him, but sort of being yeah. like, hey, hey, like remember, come to this thing or else. what you did? Yeah. Uh, well, he, he goes to his mom's house and they have a very awkward dinner with Meatloaf, uh, not the uh, musician. Not the musician, the dish. Oh, we're doing <laughs> thing for a but watch. He won't do that. You want to have sex with Alicia Silverstone. Hey, um, get in line, pal. <laughs> Yeah, none of us want to have sex with Alicia Silverstone. Um, he, uh, Barry tries to like, he, he's like, let's watch my favorite movie, Groundhog Day. They put it on and then he leaves and then she makes a move on him. And he's like, I'm happily married, no. And he, she's like sucking on his thumb. Yes, and says he has Is beautiful Do you think there's hands. a significance to Groundhog Day being the movie? Um. There, uh, I, I read, I was reading like the IMDb trivia facts and someone said that uh, there's a part in Groundhog Day where Bill Murray continues to try to save an old man's life. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's like pointless because it's just fate. It's just going to keep happening. Yeah, like he just has to let that old man die. Uh-huh. And that's sort of, <laughs> I think, the that's... I don't know if that's the reason or if it's just funny that to watch Groundhog Day. To be like, oh, let's watch my favorite movie. And yeah. like, this creepy kid's favorite movie is Groundhog Day. <laughs> uh, like, I was just reading a... Uh, I just watched a, a clip, and it was of... Uh, it was from the Rushmore commentary. Um, and... Uh, there's a scene where Bill Murray's talking to... Uh, the teacher, whose name is escaping me right now, and 
they finish talking and he turns away, turns away, starts walking, and then sprints. Uh-huh. Um, and Wes was like, that was like on the fly sort of thing. He's like, oh, what if you just like ran away at this point? And Bill Murray's like, oh, so I can have an excuse for why my heart's racing so fast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Wes Anderson was like, that's not, I thought, I was just thinking this is funny, but that's beautiful. And then Asteroid City, Jason Schwartzman says to Edward Norton, he's like, why does he burn his hand on the thing? Is it because he wants an excuse for why his heart's beating so fast? Oh, so he wrote that into yeah. movies uh, making movies. Yes. And I do think Asteroid City is, a, is about making movies. <laughs> Taking threes and I don't need to. Um, yeah, I thought that was really a beautiful thing and uh, and so, yeah, sometimes like, I don't know, when I'm writing stuff, I'm not like, this is symbol, symbolized, symbolizing, symbolacrum, uh, uh, symbol live from New York, it's Saturday night. Uh, oh. Okay, so let's, is there anything else that happens before he, what, what no. is the moment where he just breaks and kind of speed runs the curse that's more he, or less been placed he, on? He basically, that's when he reveals that Colin Farrell killed his dad, uh-huh. and he's like, "You owe, you owe kindness to me, basically. You owe me life." Uh-huh. And then one day, uh, Bob's leg, the son's leg, stopped working, so they take him to the hospital, and Barry's there, and he is like, "Oh, let's go upstairs and have a talk." And Colin's like, "Okay, but it can only be for a second. And Barry's like, okay, here's the thing. Uh, we have to make this right. Because you you killed you one member of my family, now you have to kill one member of your family. Because uh, that's how retribution works. Uh, so it's going to go like this. First, uh, it's going to be your wife, your daughter, and your son, your daughter, and your wife. In that order, they're going to lose control of their legs. Then they're going to uh, not be hungry anymore. And then they're going to bleed from their eyes and a short while after bleeding from their eyes, uh, they, they're going to die, unless you pick one of them to kill. Um, and Colin is like, you fucko. Yeah, you're, you're kidding. <laughs> you're, you're joshing around. No, I'm Keegan. Uh, yeah, I'm Keegan. Barry Keegan Michael Key? <laughs> <laughs> uh... Oh, so then you know to to go through there's sort of a, a period of denial where he thinks that the son's faking it, and then he tells the son like, let's say a secret, <laughs> yeah. and then he says one time that he jerked off his dad, Colin yes. Farrell jerked Woo, off his dad. Is that game? game? All right, I get one chance to tie. <laughs> yep. All right, here we go. Do Check that. it up. We also play. We also play horse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and you did one more it. chance to tie. Um, good game. Good game. Then I. What was the? Did, do you think? What do you think that had, had significance of like? Because that that definitely leads credence or makes it seem like, uh, there's like a weird undertone of like a sexual thing going on between him and Barry, uh, or like it, not that that is evidence of that, but it, like. It, it, him telling his son that that he yeah. jerked that Colin jerked his dad off one time is like 
it's adding a weird unexpected sexual element that is hidden yeah that i don't know i feel like there's maybe other stuff in the film that you could add to like I don't, some maybe some form of like abuse happening between either him and his son or i don't think that there's any real abuse happening i think it's just colin being like if i tell the most fucked up secret i have this will make my son admit that he is faking uh-huh uh his thing like if i tell my son that i jacked off my dad to see how much he came uh then he'll be like oh shit dad's being way too real with me i have to admit i'm lying like i think that's kind of that's the thing that's it yeah I jack off my dad he also just seem... to see how much he could come um because yeah i don't think there's any sort of sex stuff with colin outside of like the general anesthesia which also i guess that sort of plays into it like his dad being asleep and him jacking him off like maybe that's why he likes to have his wife unconscious quote unquote while they have sex like that was an early sexual thing for him yeah um and now, uh, it's, it, instead of playing horse or pig, I think we, we play deer. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Dirt. We're, We're playing, playing dirt. deer. I'm also wearing my uh, Cream City. Uh, Let's get a little close up Milwaukee on that. Milwaukee Bucks uh, jersey uh, with cum on the back. Uh, and, it, yeah, and it also says cum. Uh huh. And it says it too. Uh, and I wore that because Milwaukee Bucks are a sacred deer. Uh, but yeah, so this is like loosely based on a Greek tragedy, uh-huh. uh, which a name I could not pronounce even if it was in front of me, but look it up on the Wikipedia page. Um, and the rest of the movie is just kind of, uh, Colin Farrell, uh, just kind of Colin Farrell, like hiding in the bushes and stuff. Which isn't true, but Ian is hiding in the bushes and sort of looking. I, I think maybe trying I'm giving to get some. I'm, shot. you know, you're not gonna get shots like this with a Joey or that's, a. That's true. You know, or a Christie or a Chandler or a Chandler <laughs> or, 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 or even a Phoebe. No, no, just with an Ian. Okay, ready? I'm gonna make this shot. <laughs> oh, it's in! Whoa, oh. he's shooting little grass pellets, uh, little leaves. Uh, and my first shot is going to be, I'm going to bounce the ball into the, the rim. Nope. Okay. Missed it. Uh, uh, but, yeah, it's, it's just sort of, the rest of the movie is Colin Farrell trying to call Barry Keegan's bluff. Uh, and I don't think As he the rest of his family starts to exhibit these, does, Nicole Kidman never loses her feet, does she? No. Um. If I had to guess, she would have got it after one of the kids died. And I also, I must have misinterpreted this, but um, I thought it was when he said that one, one, when their eyes start bleeding, that means they will all die. No, he says when, if once their eyes start bleeding, then they have like an hour, but just that one person. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, Bob goes first, and I think Colin's like, Bob's faking it, and then uh, Karen, her legs stop working, uh-huh. and they end up sharing like a hospital room. They do like a bunch of tests. They have like MRIs and stuff. No, Lots of nothing's, doctors. Everyone's like, no, there's nothing that's coming up. It's like to me the most interesting part because it's like 
very supernatural. There's no explanation, but you totally buy that Barry Keegan is doing this, yeah. even if you don't see uh, him doing it. Uh, and um, yeah, once his daughter stops walking, I think he's like, okay, you actually are doing this. And then Nicole Kidman realizes something's up. And so she confronts uh, Barry. Well, she realizes something, something's up when they're in the room with the kids and uh, Karen's on the phone with Barry because they sort of start having a, a fling driving uh -huh. around on his motorcycle. Um, and Oh yeah, because Barry can kind of switch it on and off for the daughter so yes. that she can like go on dates and, with and him. And she, she uh, sees like the daughter get up and walk yeah. to the window and then all of a sudden her legs stop working. Bob is like, oh, her legs work, so my legs can work now. And he gets out of bed, and that's very there sad. There is something that's yeah. There is something that's kind of funny, but also very eerie about a little, a little bit right there from right here. When they um, like when they have to go back to the house after there's nothing they can do for him at the hospital, and they're just sort of like crawling around. Yeah, that's something that's like a, a kind of a funny visual, but also like pretty disturbing. Yeah, with like it's just like an interesting thought that a filmmaker would have of like. What's like a weird thing that's like, like on paper, it's just like someone crawling around their hands and knees. They're not hurt or anything, but it is just like a weird, like my fam, my children are worm people now <laughs> going like down yeah. the stairs and stuff with the weird camera tracking shots. Like right here, you said? Uh, yeah. You I got, got D. D. Yeah, I'll say. Uh, I haven't tried to take this shot in a while, which is where I stand uh, over here on this light post uh, and try to try to make it in. Wow. Okay. Uh, oh gosh. Oh gosh. Been cool. Um. But yeah, once once her legs go, it's basically him. He talks to Nicole Kidman, and she's he tells her the truth about being doing the surgery. Uh, but doesn't tell her the truth about it being his fault, probably. Which I guess we still don't know if it's his fault or not. No. Uh, at the end of the movie. Um, I feel like it is. Yeah, I think a, a lot of the stuff builds up to that being true, more or less. Um, my favorite part, or I guess it's just... Uh, oh. Almost. I'm gonna make it someday. You are. Um, okay, after here, I'm gonna, sh I'm gonna shoot the ball and I'm gonna miss it. And then after I'm, I'm gonna bank it off the backboard, and when I, I catch it down there, I'm gonna make the shot. Okay, yeah. Simple stuff. Uh huh. Damn. Okay. Um, okay, I'm gonna miss the shot. <laughs> oh, man. So I have to miss <laughs> you right there. It's right there. <laughs> No letter for me. I'm going back to Old Faithful. Yeah, the backward, he's, for the listener, he's throwing it over his head backwards Woo! and he makes it. Oh, the crowd goes wild. Uh, now I gotta try it. Uh, oh, that would have been, that was close. That was pretty close. That would have been my first attempt. Yeah. Uh, D, D to D. Um, sounds like uh, Carlos Mencia. D to D. D to D. Uh, 
And oh, my favorite joke of the whole movie is he's because he knows he has to kill one of his kids. Uh, and he goes to their school and talks to their principal. <laughs> Just to make this. And he's like, he's like, are any of them like bad students? <laughs> like, they get bad grades? Uh, the principal's like, no, they're both like wonderful. They get mostly A's. Like, they try really hard in school. They're a delight. Uh, yeah. We, he's like, well, is one worse than the other? He's like, uh, no. We're looking forward to them both being alive for years to come. <laughs> Basically. All right, I'm gonna go up through, uh -huh. and it's it's not gonna it's gonna come back down, uh -huh. and hopefully it doesn't touch the, the rim. Okay. But if I if it goes up and does come down, you just have to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh nope. All right, so <laughs> it, you do have to get it through there. Okay. But I can touch the rim. Got it. Oh. oh. Uh, D E to D, me, you. I have more letters. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I have. I think. Uh, I I think. <laughs> so there's something on the principal's desk too, like a, a sign that says like make good decisions or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> something very silly. Um. And. Uh, yeah, he he tries to go to Barry's house and he's not there or he just doesn't answer. Um, and uh, then Nicole Kidman goes to his house and talks to him, which you mentioned earlier. And they have like a, he has like a a very interesting monologue to me about how he's like, I used to watch my dad eat spaghetti and oh, I yeah, thought yeah. that was so cool that he would twirl it up with his fork and then slurp it down. Well, he's doing this while eating spaghetti and he has sauce all over his face. Uh, and he's like, and so I started to do that to copy my dad, and then I saw that your husband eats spaghetti the same way, and I thought that was a sign. And then I learned everybody in the world eats spaghetti that way. <laughs> and that was something that was taken from me. <laughs> like, that was something I lost. Uh, just from three. Uh, and yeah, Nicole's like, can you stop? He's like, no. Sorry. <laughs> this is also like, Barry Keegan plays in a deleted scene from Matt Reeves' The Batman. He plays the Joker. Um, Wasn't that the credits scene? Uh, credit no, scene? I don't think it was the credits. I think it was literally, uh, like, you had to go to the Batman website and, like, type in, like, haha or something. Oh my gosh. Um, no, I'm doing this again. Wow. Oh. You missed. Um, but I think his Joker performance was interesting, but I think it this character in this movie is much more scary. Yeah. Uh, and I think that if he, I would love to see a Joker, like, I would love to see a Yorgos Batman movie. That would be pretty crazy. Uh, and would that be Colin Farrell, you think, as Batman? Yeah. I would think so. I'm trying to think who else. Mark Ruffalo's in the new one. I'm wondering if that's gonna be one of his guys now uh you never know when directors go like two movies without an actor if they're gonna bring him back yeah it's like the someone pointed out that michael or uh what's it uh, christopher nolan and christian bale have not worked together since dark knight rises uh and that one of christopher nolan's kids looks a lot like christian bale <laughs>
Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, hmm, but you never, it's, it's probably fun internet. Yeah. Wow. Three-pointer from downtown. Yeah, in the same way that Woody Allen never really worked with Frank Sinatra again after, uh... <laughs> after they made that record together yeah <laughs> um oh de -E -E. um they, uh, yeah after nicole like goes to barry's house um they actually decide to hop on the metro Let's go to Six Flags Great America. Uh -huh. And the family just has a lovely time and that's the end of the movie. And they have a great time and no one dies. Uh -huh. The killing of the Six Flags deer. What do you think? So, so, uh, they, they kidnap Barry. Oh! <laughs> that was the balls never bounce so much. Yeah, this is a real bouncy to ball. To not go in. He kidnaps Barry and he beats him up and he threatens to shoot. Does he shoot him in like the knee or something? Um, no, I think he shoots like near his near his head to uh -huh. scare him but i don't think he has the guts to free throw uh to actually do it right um, and then the daughter lets him loose the daughter doesn't even let him loose like uh it's just like there to like flirt with them she's like let me like give me my legs back and we can like run away from uh -huh. her. uh she very clearly does not want to be with him but she, i think she's doing it to, to, to get out to of get this. out um this is nice and then maybe the most fucked up part of the movie is when barry bites colin's arm uh and is like see now you're mad at me but doesn't this make you feel better and then he bites his own arm and the, the I, big he rips a chunk yeah out. a huge chunk out of his and he just has blood dripping down his face uh and to me i'm like no it doesn't make me feel better in the slightest yeah but maybe it does make colin farrell feel better because i guess at that point he's like yeah, I guess I have to kill one of my kids. Yeah. <laughs> um. Ooh, all right. And um, uh, we also glaze over the fact that Barry and the daughter, pre all of this, go on a walk, and she's she's singing <laughs> like choir music to Colin Farrell earlier, but yeah. then they're in a park and she's singing Elliot Gould. Uh, yeah, Elliot Goulding. Goulding, Elliot. She's singing Elliot Gould. <laughs> yeah, Elliot Gould. <laughs> she's singing Elliot Gould. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's, I think that's the perfect Leo. song. I think that's the perfect song for her to sing, especially because it's like, you you're like, I know what this song is, what is it? And then she gets to the chorus and you're like, oh, it's, uh, what is it, Fire? Yeah, yeah. By Ellie Golding. Um, which is but funny. Anyway, yeah, but Maybe then going what? back forward, yeah. they he he decides he has to kill uh, someone. So he, he spins in a circle with his gun and he puts bags over the family's heads. Yeah. Well, first, before that, uh, uh, well, earlier in the movie, for the banquet, Nicole Kidman's like, I bought a, that black dress that you liked. Uh, and then right before the moment where he uh, decides to kill one of them, 
she's like, okay, I'm gonna put on the, the black dress. Yeah, and the sun and also cuts his hair. The, the sun cuts his hair to be like, see, Dad, it does look so much better. You were right, Dad. I should have been <laughs> listening to you, Dad. Like, they're all trying to kiss up to him. How does the daughter kiss up? Um, I think, I think that he's, she's just his favorite. Like, I don't know if she really needs to kiss up. Um, like, I think that, I, I think that it's very clear that from the beginning when he's just in her room listening to her sing, like, that he, like, he's like, he loves his daughter, he, like, loves his wife, and that his son loves his wife, uh -huh. and he, him and his son, don't really get along. It's not that they don't get along, it's just, like, they, have they, no they don't have the connection. Yeah. So what does it say, you know, he ends up, he spins around, there's some tension that mm -hmm. he keeps missing. He has, the, like, a, he has, like, a... Uh, rifle like a it's not a it's like a hunting rifle yeah it's not a, a normal gun um it's uh yeah it's like a hunting gun right here metal square okay oh not too bad honestly um but he spins around and he ends up sh shooting the sun well he spins around and he shoots and he misses the daughter. He spins around, he shoots, and he misses Nicole Kidman. And he spins a third time and hits the sun right in the chest. Uh huh. And this is like my third watch of this movie. And now I'm wondering, does he miss the other two on purpose so that they... So that he can feel okay about shooting the sun? Yeah. Because he, he like misses them pretty close and then is like dead on with the sun. Like, not even uh yeah i didn't think about it that way um i'm gonna throw the ball off this backboard and then sort of chase it down and uh okay make a shot yeah okay on, good on that <laughs> no chase it down all right oh gosh go 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 this is an incredibly bad miss for me uh it will look great on the show which I will try to, <laughs> I will try to reproduce. Um, so you, so you read that as like he's playing games because he kind of made up his mind about. Yeah, his son has like already gone through all the stages. They've all kind of grieved for the son already, I think. Uh huh. Uh, and he's the youngest. And Nicole Kidman is like, we can have another kid if we want to. Okay. Uh, so it's like not even that bad. <laughs> yeah, so it's actually So it's fine. kind of a bad movie because it undercuts like, <laughs> oh, so this normal thing that's not even that bad happened. Right, exactly. Um, so what's your... Uh, so what does that say about family? <laughs> I think... I think, I, it's I, think I think it kind of says like... Well, one, we, we all have to, we should all be, like, like, if we make mistakes, we should atone, uh -huh. uh, if it affects other people, and, like, that, I think, whether it's known uh, internally or externally, there are favorites in a family. Uh, and that what Barry kind of did was make him make this impossible decision. Uh, really put him through his head, and now he just has to live with that fact uh -huh. that he's killed his uh, son. only son. Um, One. 
This is gonna be, it's gonna be a little crazy. Uh, I'm gonna throw it back behind me, and it's gonna go over my head, and then I'm gonna catch it there and, okay. and make it. <laughs> oh. oh, I missed. Um. But yeah, that's, I think, I think Barry's whole thing is like, he has to live with knowing that he's killed two people. And he, the, the thing is that if he, uh, <laughs> the thing is that if he killed Barry, all, everybody would have died. Uh -huh. And everyone would have been confused. Like, you, like, he would have killed one person and th the other three would die. So, like. He made a hard choice, but it was. Yeah. Maybe the lesser of two evils. Yeah, it's like, it's pr pretty much the trolley problem. Like, what is, like, could you kill one member of your family and save, to save the other two, or would you yeah. rather kill all of, them. all of them and the guy who is responsible for it? Uh, I guess I just missed, right? Um... Uh, but then there's that last scene where they go back with, with the family to the diner uh -huh. and Barry's there and they don't really talk, but they're... No, they acknowledge him. Yeah, they, they like acknowledge him. They kind of, yeah, they see him and then they're just kind of going out their life, but he doesn't really... Yeah, he, it's the same diner that he used to take Barry, but he's just there with his daughter and, and his Nicole Kidman. Yeah. And they don't talk and now... I think that's like an interesting ending because the family still gets to love each other yeah um, and the family still exists as a family yeah and barry is now just alone without colin farrell yeah like, barry gave up this thing from this guy who did do something wrong by being drunk and operating on his dad uh left hand here Oof. um and colin was trying to make up for it barry kind of takes advantage of it um of him uh takes it over the top is like a psychopath um and then just ends up even more alone than he was than he realized he was because uh yeah the guy the guy who was like his mentor and was helping him who albeit did kill his father um fuck oh okay okay This part of the game weirdly takes about as long, if not longer, than the actual game. Yeah. Um, yeah, they go to the... I think there's a really good score in this movie. I, I like all the classical music. Oh, yeah, and there there's some, like, eerie noises, too. Like, isn't there some sort of, like, buzzing or ringing? Maybe. Yeah, I can't... I will admit, for part of this, I started to doze off very <laughs> maybe a five ten minute snooze before mm -hmm. Kari realized and, and woke me up nice um but i had a very it was very nice to sleep yes and i feel like the sleep sort of symbolized my tiredness <laughs> it did yeah yeah, yeah. all it's right family can be tired you gotta take just a couple steps and do a jump and a jump up. no dribble you, you can dribble i'm not i'm not a evil there you go okay yeah. all right
Um, they, had Kari seen this before? I don't think Your so. Girlfriend? It's right here. No, you have to stand perfectly like this. Uh -huh. No knee movement. No knee movement. Grandma style, yeah. as they call it. But also no elbow bend. Okay. -E. Oh dear. Uh, and then right here. Cool. It's kind of a classic uh, shot. Wait, sorry, did you say a Carrie had seen it or not? No, she hadn't. And she liked it too. Okay. Um, I don't know if we talked too much about it, but. Deer! Damn. All right, that's game. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, uh, I think we're, we both we both liked it a lot, and it's also just like, I definitely do find myself enjoying movies where I walk out of it and don't totally know everything. Like, yeah. I feel like a lot of movies, like if they have like a motif or theme, a lot like movies made these days, they like kind of bash you over the head about it, yeah. or they leave very little room for interpretation, which is sort of like. I guess it's fine, but I like something that is a little more in the weeds with what it's yeah. trying to say and leaves the the fact that you could like make take multiple things from it. Definitely. I think proves more. It says more about the director and the craft of of their film. Yes, making. I agree. Um, the last sort of part of this podcast is uh, basically. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, you're gonna give a, a review of the movie. In basketball? Uh, we'll say in, uh, in deer. In deers, in sacred deers sacred that have deers. been killed? Yeah. And, and how many family members do you deers. kill for this movie? Yeah, how many family members do you kill for this movie? Out of the five family members that you have. A five, out of the five families. Uh, the, oh, one of the five boroughs of New York City. Yeah. Um, so you're going to say that review, and while you're leading up to your score, you're going to try to dunk. Okay. Um, so I'll go first. Uh, yeah, so this, uh, I'm a big lobster guy. I'm a big dog tooth guy, and I really love this movie. Uh, I would say I'm a big deer guy, too. Um, I think the first time I saw this movie was one of the most uh, unsettled I've been by a movie. I was very scared by Barry Keegan. Uh, very put off by the whole kind of vibe of it and I think that that says a lot considering how uh, very like one toned it is uh -huh. uh, I think Colin Farrell's great in it I think Nicole Kidman's great in it I think the kids are great I think Barry's great I don't think there's a single weak, weak link in this movie um, I, I love it very much uh, and I was you know, I, was, I want to talk about A24 movies, um, and this one came on my list because I was like, I want to watch this movie, and I want to talk about it. And it's, uh, it's Cream City. And uh, with that in mind, I do have to give this movie five sacred deers. You give it five, five deers? Five sacred deers. Five sacred deers, okay. Uh, we were family members, you know. Which, uh, I just sort of forgot because you were, you were doing a really interesting close-up shot of me. Yeah, I, I got you a little nervous there. Um, so this is a power shot. This is a, you're doing an upward angle. It makes me more powerful. Um, I really did enjoy this film other than the fact that I was very tired and fell asleep for maybe five or ten minutes sort of the middle end. Sure. Um, it, I, I think that it was very interesting. That uh, I thought the humor was hilarious. 
Um, humor is hilarious. I I think that um, yeah, like you said, Barry Keegan. If if he didn't, if he wasn't able to be a weird little kid, this movie <laughs> would not work or just yes. be so different. Because uh, his energy really carries, and it makes you believe, and you don't get caught up like, well, how, do, how does this little kid have this like weird god pack <laughs> yes. power or whatever? You it don't really question sense. it because he's so unsettling and so weird. Yes. And I think the fact that like he's he does a pretty good English accent, but you can knowing how he speaks in like Banshees of Insurance, mm-hmm. um, I feel like some of his like accent like you can kind of tell that he's putting on an English accent, but it only works for like the weirdness of the character. Yeah. Because if you don't talk English, you're kind of weird. That's true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think he is really good in this. Colin Farrell is really good as, uh, him with that big beard is really cool. Yeah, he I, looks great. I feel like no one has big beards like that. He looks really great. Nicole um, Gaiman also looks great, but she also kind of looks like one of the stop motion dolls from Anomalisa. Yeah, it's, I mean, she looks great in sort of an unsettling way yeah. where it's like, she has just been able to maintain and preserve how great she looks for so yeah. long. It's like unnatural in a yeah. way where it's also a little unsettling, but it's a little uncanny valley. Yeah. Um, but hey, good for her. Yeah. We love a queen who slays. Absolutely. Um, and the kids were both great. And yeah, I do like when a movie is dark and it can still have some weird little humor moments from being kind of twisted. Yeah. Um, uh, also, a cool thing you could have said is. Uh, I like Nicole Kid Kidman and the kids, man. And the kids, man. Well, you said the kids were good. I'm like, well, the kids are all right. Mm, hey, we have to talk about, talk about Mark Ruffalo. Um, and yeah, I think I think there are just like, I'm also I, I'm I'm very forgiving for not that like, forgiving is maybe a bad choice of words, but like, if a movie just has interesting shots to like look at or whatever, yeah. like, that does it for me so much where, I. And there's just like this movie is shot so beautifully, and like the the camera work is very fun. Yeah. And um, I think that it there are there. I think the fact that I did fall asleep that's mostly due to me, <laughs> but I will maybe dock it half a family member. So my rating is I'd kill four members of my family and maybe shoot one in the head. <laughs> You'd kill four and maybe shoot one in the head, <laughs> yeah. and they might survive. Yeah. Cool. Um, Let me take two on that dunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm gonna redo. I killed four members of the family. Maybe shoot one, and I'm gonna kill Okay. Um, cool, Ian. Thank you for doing the podcast. Uh, is there any nice playing with you? Congrats on your deer win. And congrats on your regular game win. Thank you. Um, is there anything you would like to promote? Not really. If you like, I do stand-up comedy. Yeah. So if you are, if you think I'm funny, I do. Go check me out. Go to Instagram or Twitter or. They'll be in the links of this show. Follow, follow Ian. Yeah, and then just just see me around. I'll do a show and I'll say some real wild stuff. Yeah. Yeah, a great bit about Karens on their period. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm on everything at I am Richie Owens. Uh, this podcast where you can rate and review rate you can and review, subscribe subscribe-y. if you can believe that, you can do all three of those things it takes like a second, even if you don't listen to every episode, you can subscribe and it would just help out the yeah. pod, just help me out we also have a Patreon patreon.com slash moving screen you get video footage of this, you get to see me laying down you get to see the beautiful uh, Metra go right on by, you get to watch the commuters and wave you get to say hello, I hope you enjoy your time in the suburbs 
And uh, yeah, it's five dollars a month. You get video stuff. I'll, maybe I'll send you a sticker in the mail. I've got to do that. Uh, I haven't done it yet. Uh, and yeah, that's it. And as I as I say, I will uh, see you on the court. Ooh!